Hi, Breakout listeners. You've just made an excellent choice. You're listening to the number one podcast in education, number one in self-improvement, and the number seven podcast across all categories. Yep, you're pretty smart and you're in good company. But to help spread the word, please subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people who just might need these stories. Really what this is designed to do is to do exactly what we're doing, create conversation, okay? Get people talking. If you can get people talking, that's when transformation happens. And it definitely got us talking. That's Dr. Brian Davidson, joining us again for more conversation about measuring your mindset. In our last episode, Brian explained how he developed MindView, an assessment tool that gauges and then helps improve your mindset. We were so intrigued, we decided to take the assessment ourselves and bring him back to analyze our results. We had a lot of fun, learned a ton, and got to be really vulnerable. The last piece here is the one that always gets people probably more fired up than than anything. Well, yeah. (laughs) This is like an attack on my character. Welcome to The Breakout, a show about smashing through life's little boxes and forging your own path. I'm Dr. Carrie Ulrich. And I'm Kelly Gunther. Carrie and I are people and change experts and best friends. We've spent more than 25 years helping organizations navigate change and get the best out of their people. Come on, we know change is hard, but staying the same can even be harder. On The Breakout, we prove that you can escape expectations and best of all, we show you how. Kelly and I love assessments and self-awareness, and we loved our interview with Brian as well. And we thought, what if we took the assessment and then debriefed the results live? So maybe because we watch too much reality shows, Brian, and we know like that's good. Like you put someone on the spot and maybe we'll start crying or I don't know what we'll do, flip a table or something like that. That'll be fun. But Kelly and I, we are always encouraging people for self-awareness and confronting kind of who you are and knowing who you are and accepting it too. Sometimes when you have a show like this, Kelly and I can seem like they have all their shit together. No, we don't. And so we thought it would be good to, to share our vulnerabilities and what we struggle with as well. I think anytime you can have more self-awareness, learn more about yourself, it just helps you grow as an individual person. So... I'm really excited to hear, Brian, our debrief today. Some parts of it I'm not going to be surprised by, I'll tell you that. But um, I'm really curious to see what you have to say about our results. Well, I am excited here. Yeah. Brian hasn't done a dual debrief on a podcast before. So this could be the first of many or the one and only. We'll see how it goes, Brian. Let's let's do it. So in case you need a refresher, MindView gauges where your mindset is at related to thousands of other people that have been assessed around the globe. The tool largely looks at four factors that are known to be related to positive life outcomes, drive, willpower, resilience, and integrity. 
I always start when I talk about the assessment is really educating people what, what it's not. Many of your listeners are familiar with traditional personality tools, right? Great tools like the Myers-Briggs, the DISC, the Strengths Finder. okay? Those are all beneficial tools that give us great insight and awareness and helps develop that sense of self-awareness. But those tools are really designed to say, this is who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put you into this category or to this box. And, and this is a definition of, of who you are. And that is not at all what we are trying to do with, with this tool. This is not an aptitude test, like an IQ test to say whether or not I just have it or not. These elements, are, they're much more malleable. Okay, many external factors going on in our life can shape and influence many of these skills. And so we like to think of them like skills. Okay, they can go up and they can go down. Think of them like mental muscles. So the goal is to use all this, Carrie, as you said, to get insight, insight and awareness to understand where's my mindset at right now. All right, Brian. So here's the big question. Give us the big picture. Where is my mindset and Kelly's mindset? Where is our mindsets right now, Brian? Are you prepared, Kelly? Are you prepared? Yes, I'm totally prepared. (laughs) Ready to go. Brian looked at our scores individually, but he also combined them so Carrie and I could assess ourselves as a team. Let me pull up. I've got a little window here. Okay, so I created your results. All right, so. I am dragging Kelly down. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. Okay. So, so this is something with, with the tool, okay? There is no failing on, on this tool, okay? This is all about insight, awareness. A lot of people get confused, too, on, on percentiles versus percentages. Percentile is basically showing how many people are at or below that particular level, okay, that, that you scored at. And so if a person's at the 50th percentile, that is not an F like it was in school right, on a test, right. okay? But 50th percentile is a very normal score, it's average in the bell curve. You can see this little chart that I'm, I'm showing right here. If we see scores between the 40th to 59th percentile for an individual, okay, this tells us that we're doing just fine, right? We're in solid mm-hmm. shape. We are thinking and feeling much like other people. And I should make note too, that the people that, that are making up our data set, they are people for the most part that are feeling pretty motivated, are feeling pretty disciplined mm-hmm. and, and resilient, high-performing leaders, people that are generally doing better than most. So let's start off with this component called drive. Okay. So again, this is all about an aspect of that internal motivation within us. Okay. Do we feel like we're pursuing goals that are really meaningful to us? That that gives us a greater sense of purpose. And so the first component of what we're measuring here is a factor called self-awareness. And this is all about a sense of identity and feeling comfortable and confident in who you are as an individual. And both of you were incredibly high in this particular factor. That sense of identity is very strong. You feel like you know who you are. You're, you're confident in that person. You feel like you know what your strengths are and actually using those strengths. And so you're, you're actually buying percentile here was the 93rd percentile when we looked at that. So that is a wonderful shape there as, as a team. Good for us, Kelly. We have a whole podcast and a book coming out on self-awareness. So the fact that that's one of our stronger ones that comes naturally, <laughs> yes, it does make me feel better about it. Yes, exactly. It does, but I'll tell mm-hmm. you. So Brian's like, I just want to get through this, but you're not, Brian, because we're going off on a tangent every time. <laughs> um, but what's really interesting, and when I really reflect, because you get the results right away. And when I looked at it, I thought, I don't know about you, Cal, but I looked at mine and thought, mm, I'm not 100% sure. Because I don't like to say I'm 100% something, because I have this like flexibility to me, I'll say, Maybe not all the time. I downplay it. I downplay it every time. 
And so it's really interesting. I look at Kelly's self-awareness and and her drive. And I think Kelly's more like you, you're like, no, fuck that. I am like that. Like you're stronger in what you say about yourself and I'll be more, I'll be softer on it. Like even when we do performance evaluations, like, are you an expert at this? I'm like, no, I'm not an expert. Like, I don't know about you, Brian, but even having the PhD, people are like, you're an expert. I'm like, no, you're not. You're an expert in one question. And that was 15 years ago when you did it. So it's really interesting because Kelly is way more, like she just, she's more um, self-confident like that. And I really appreciate that. Well, Carrie, what you're describing there is something called the Dunning-Kruger effect, where a lot of times experts, okay, so a great example is like with the drivers, Okay. If you ask a NASCAR driver, are you a good driver? They're going to say, eh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good or I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm decent. Okay. But you ask a 16 year old kid, are you a good driver? And they're going to be like, oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I'm one of the best, you know, and then, so that's their self-interpretation. You know, sometimes a person with low level ability can occasionally inflate the response. It doesn't happen all the time, okay? But occasionally it can happen. I think that's so key, Brian, is that awareness of how others might not see you this way at all, but in your head, you see yourself that way. It's fascinating. For the rest of the skills that fall under drive, Kelly and I were solid. For growth mindset, that feeling that you can fundamentally grow and change, we fell in the 53rd percentile. Plus, we were high in self-efficacy and intrinsic motivation, where you are driven by having a great sense of meaning in your work. Right now, both of you are doing great, okay? So 80, 83, and 70 collectively at the 77th percentile, that is a wonderful spot to be. So right now, you're feeling great meaning and purpose in what you're doing, which is awesome. So collectively for that drive strand of the model, that component, um, you both are in wonderful shape. So collectively, we're at the 76th percentile. Kelly, what's your reaction to the drive? What's your thoughts? Not surprised. I mean, we're very goal-driven. I mean, we love the work that we do. We started this business because we wanted to be part of something bigger than ourselves, and we wanted to be responsible for kind of our own destinies. And I think we're both incredibly self-aware. So this is not surprising to me. Yeah, that the drive is the strongest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to this willpower piece. It's one thing to have our goals in place, right? And to fill this motivation. It's another thing to feel like we can sustain that and stick with it. So the first component of this is is a pretty well-known factor here as of late called grit. And grit is all about passion and perseverance for long-term goals. Do we feel so passionate about what we're doing that we feel like we can stick with it, not just for you know, days or weeks, but rather months and years, and even decades of time? And so right now, okay, your grit is really rocking it right now. Kelly, you actually got an optimal score on that particular scale. And Carrie, you were doing right up there as well. So I actually looked at your individual responses to each item uh, before we hopped on on this call. And your sense of passion for what you're doing is is just uh, really shining right now. Like you really love what you're doing. That's a wonderful spot to be. Yeah. Look, Kelly's mm-hmm. just shaking her head. You have to say something, Kelly. I okay. can't I, I can't imagine doing <laughs> anything else. Like as hard as it is to be uh, an entrepreneur and brain, you know this. I mean, running your own business, it's a hustle. It's hard work. It's every day you're thinking about the next thing. And but I can't imagine doing anything else. And I can't imagine working with anyone else 100%. than Carrie. So and the clients that we work with, I'm incredibly blessed to work with them. I love working with them. They're the greatest. So it feels like everything I do has meaning behind it. 
that's a trend that we see with a lot of entrepreneurs or founders of, of companies. Their scores tend to be really strong because they, they love what they do, right? They are passionate about it. They, they feel a greater sense of purpose behind their work. Now, just last week, in fact, we, we assessed a group of entrepreneurs that recently just sold their company. So now in many oh. cases, they made millions of dollars, right? And those scores were not near as high. Okay, nope. There was a significant drop. And so it's been really interesting to, to see those trends as we continue to assess more and more groups out there. But yeah, that grit, grit for the two of you, um, doing really, really strong right now. Yay, Kelly. Yay. See, this is where Brian, Brian is so like a smooth delivery and he's not used to me interrupting after every single one. But this is where, if you could see it on the screen, where it goes to shit. So Gunther <laughs> is so high in all this and I'm like, eh. So let me just tell you about willpower for a second. All I thought of is, do I eat a salad every day? And I'm like, nope. And I tanked my scores every single time. I was like, do I go to bed every night at the same time? I'm like within 15 minutes, but still not. Am I working out like I should? Nope. It was all diet and diet and exercise related. I scored myself low on every single one. Plus I hate rules. So let's, let's go, Brian. Explain my, explain my red. Let's do it. So this conscientiousness is all about attention to detail, feeling like you're being reliable, dependable, and not procrastinating Ugh. much Ugh. at all. So so Kelly, okay, um, <laughs> Kelly scored in the 96th percentile on, on this one. Carrie scored in the 17th percentile. That's even higher on, than I on, thought, On Brian. this one. So, okay, so Carrie, my, my question to you is... <laughs> Distractions. Okay. I saw this pop up quite a bit. Distractions and details. Okay. So what are the distractions that are popping up for you right now? The distractions for me, it's just, we just have a lot going on. I'm balancing 15 things. It's just balancing and being an entrepreneur. And a lot of people too will try to multitask. And guess what? Multitasking is not effective at all. Get one thing done and then move on to the next one. Don't try to do it all at one time. It's just not possible and you're not going to do it well. So self-control is the next piece here. And this is all about our sense of, do we feel like we can resist our temptations, delay gratification, kind of have that impulse control in place? And here Kelly is again scoring sky high. Crushing it. 96th percentile once again. And Carrie, 19th percentile yeah. on, on this one. So a little bit lower. A little bit lower from 96 <laughs> to 19. I appreciate that, Brian, with a very nice way to say a little bit lower. <laughs> so those temptations. Okay, so, so here's what we know about the temptations research is that... People are not really good at just saying no. We find that's really difficult for people to just say no when the temptation is right in front of them. What's a lot easier, however, is if they can prevent the temptation in the first place. So rather than getting to your home and you open up you know, the freezer and you see the ice cream there's in the bottom of the freezer and you're going to dig that thing out and, and crush some ice cream at night, it's a lot easier to just not buy the ice cream at the grocery store while you're there as opposed to just trying to have this internal sense of, oh, I'm just not going to do it because it's really, really hard for yeah. people. Along with the self-control, it's very closely related factor here is of self-discipline. And so on, on this one, 
think of self-control as, as like resisting the bad stuff. Okay. And think of self-discipline as getting yourself to do more of the good things. Even the things that you find are maybe boring, monotonous, or not highly enjoyable. And, and if you're faced with those tasks, do you feel like you can try to get them done? Think of like doing your taxes, for example. Most people will like dread doing their taxes, but you've got to find a way to get it done. Right. And that's where that self-discipline comes into place. And what we know about self-discipline is if people can somehow connect what they're doing, that unenjoyable task, to a larger goal that they're working on and basically like build a bridge across the current task to the larger goal or what they're pursuing, it makes it just a little bit easier for people to complete those. Self-control and self-discipline, I can see how those are pretty accurate and just in part because I don't, I've maintained this belief system since college that I'm not going to do anything fun or anything enjoyable until I get all my work done. And that just isn't realistic in adult life because you'll always have work to do. It's hard for me to kind of separate myself from my work. It's not hard for me to delay gratification at all. Yeah. When I saw that, Kelly, I was like, that's right. But mm -hmm. I ask, since you know me so well, and since I am like not a good judge of my own character sometimes, what would you say about the self-control and the self-discipline? I think you have more of it than what is kind of labeled here, mm -hmm. just because you are someone who is very disciplined and goal-driven. I think in terms of the distractions, you like the flexibility of the changing mm -hmm. day. And yeah, I think I that's the piece of it that gets in the way. It's just the flexibility factor. You like the, um, the changing dynamics of a day. That's exciting to you. Yeah, I do like that flexibility. So I asked my husband about the willpower and he it was funny because he said, well, you have the willpower to focus on your child and say no to work, right? Instead of instead of saying like, no child, I must get this done. And therefore I, I know you're upset right now, but I cannot manage you because I must get this done. And so that flexibility helps me in quite a few ways, but I do exercise. I go for a walk. I do like the sit-ups and, or the push-ups and the planks, but in my head, I know what it should be. And I know I should do like three more times a week because I know that I then always am in my head saying you have like zero self-discipline because if you did, you'd be ripped. Like that's to me, there's no in-between. So that's why I'm like, always no. But for work, I'm totally disciplined for work. Mm -hmm. Like that's where it's like, I get my shit done. It was interesting to see that. But sorry, I brought our uh, average down there, Kelly, for you. <laughs> well, and I think what's what's cool about looking at these results is is you, you two are balancing each other mm -hmm. out in multiple of these skills, right? Where you can leverage maybe one person's strengths and maybe this isn't, you know, a stronger area for, for me over here. But, you know, one of you has it one, one way or the other. And that's what a great team is about, right? I might be saying to Kelly things like, the work will stay. Please come have fun with us. Yes. And then she's like, fine. Which she has done multiple times. It takes months to get her there. But I finally do because I'm totally <laughs> persistent. And I'm like, stop, come play with us. We have work. I'm like, we always have work. Come on, come on. Yeah, that's that score coming to life. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And a good balance for sure. Next up, resilience. We looked at things like hardiness and adaptability. And let's just say the results were spot on. Kelly, for you, this was one of the lower areas. And in fact, we find in many cases, people that are really high in that willpower piece, especially like conscientiousness, okay, those people like things to be well-structured. They want things <laughs> to kind of be very orderly, right? Oh, and if yes. things aren't, whoa, it really throws them for a loop. <laughs> That's 100% Kelly right there, yep. 
Uh-huh. For Kerry, Kerry was quite a bit higher in, in this one here, 64th percentile. So be able to roll with the punches, right? And and feeling like you can na- navigate around those changes that are going on right now. So getting this is part of that teamwork, right? And Kelly, for you too, I would just encourage you to constantly remind yourself, hey, change is going to happen, right? And change is a-okay. <laughs> And the more that you can try to anticipate changes that are coming up on the horizon, that makes it a little bit easier to deal with those changes. You do know, Brian, Kelly is certified in change management. So physician, Ah. heal Mm -hmm. thyself. It's so true, though, Brian. You're right. Still, my first reaction to change is usually, ew. But I get get through it, you know, much better than I used to. But um, you're right. With a high structure, I like a lot of predictability. I like planning. It's still hard for me, for sure. Hope was next under the resilience umbrella, and we had a solid score in the 51st percentile. And then came internal locus of control, which for me was complicated. So this internal locus of control is is largely about when we are going through our lives, do we feel like we can actually influence our future outcomes? And do we think that our future outcomes are largely driven by our actions, our efforts, our decisions, as opposed to things that we have little to no control over, like luck, fate, or happenstance, or things along those lines. So, uh, Kelly, you're doing really well in this one, so optimal score in this factor, and carry 35th percentile, so hanging in there in this one. Uh, But again, look at collectively as well, 68th percentile, when we look at this collectively. So that's, again, uh, as a team, like we're doing doing really, really well. Yeah, this one, this is the only one, Brian, when I looked at my results that I was like, this is wrong. And it's wrong because I didn't, I answered the questions in a different way because it should be a hundred for each of us because we very much believe that we have, I know that Kelly and I are all in. However, I did answer it thinking of others. So I didn't answer it the right way, which is what's in my head because all I could think of when I was answering some of these questions, because it was a kind of a general statement, people, right? I thought of people who are marginalized. I kept answering with structural Racism, structural mm-hmm. violence, structural things, yep. and it it downplayed my score. And I think the older I get, the more I realize. Listen, Kelly and I are killing it, but I answer the questions a lot with what's going on in the world. And if I were LGBTQIA and I lived in some town in Indiana, I'd be scared. And so I might have this internal locus of control, but the structure around me is damaging. It's truly, I believe I can control most of everything, I'd be super high in there, but I'm seeing more and more of just that structural issues that we have as a country. And so that brings me down on that. Well, and, and there's no doubt about it that much of the world is is beyond our control. And if yeah. we think that we can control it, we're going to drive ourselves nuts. What we try to teach and educate people is that Yes, much of the world is outside of our control, but there's always one thing that is in our control, and that is how we respond to the circumstances that we face. And one of the greatest books that I lean on heavily is uh, Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. So Viktor Frankl, mm-hmm. if you might know, is a Holocaust survivor. He developed a form of, of therapy called logotherapy. And in his experience in Auschwitz, you know, he would look around at what the Nazis were, were doing to them, and he'd 
see people's responses and most people would say, well, there, there's nothing that we can do, right? This is all beyond our control. And he said, those are the people that quickly gave up hope and, and they ultimately died. And, and he said, the one thing that kept him going is he told himself, yeah, you know, we can't control what the Nazis are doing, but I can always control my response to what it is that I'm facing. In his book, he, he wrote, The Last of the Humans, Freedoms to Choose One's Own Way, basically, that we always have a choice in how we respond to those circumstances that we face. And so that's the idea that we really want to try to promote and build up. And, and clearly, we want to try to break down many of those barriers in society. But we don't want somebody to feel a sense of helplessness. Right. That, that there's nothing that we can do in those circumstances. Yep. I was very aware, I had this meta moment, of very aware of not wanting to be a Karen and answering all the questions. I'm a white female and answering all the questions of like, it is totally in my power. <laughs> and I just, I like, it was this moment of like, I, I am not answering like that. I was very aware of me answering as a privileged white woman. And so I was backing off it a lot because of that. Mm-hmm. The last piece of this resilience component is hardiness. And this comes out a lot of military psychology, in fact. And so this is looking at when we are facing hardship, do we feel like we can weather through that, that hardship? Do we feel like we have that aspect of buoyancy where we can bounce back from that hardship? But we're also looking at a social element as well. And this is what we know about kind of resilience collectively is people tend not to be resilient when they're just isolated by themselves, but they are much more resilient with people. In their lives. Kelly, this is one of your lower areas. Uh, was in the 28th percentile. Carrie, this is a great strength of, of yours, 89th percentile for you. And so, uh, Kelly, on your side, when I looked at your item level responses, it was all about you. You had the sense of, of buoyancy, you feel like you could bounce back, you feel like you could weather through the adversity, but it was the, the pieces looking at kind of leaning on others that really kind of stuck out a lot mm-hmm. more in this area. And so, when I was looking at this, like, okay, so Kelly is kind of at the approach, like, you're going to be reluctant to maybe reach out for help, okay, when you are facing some challenges or just reach out for, for guidance. And I just encourage you to know who your people are, right? Who, who is your support group that you can go to? And when it hits the fan, don't hesitate to, to reach out for some support when, when that adversity does hit. Once again, not surprised. I, I mean that, yes. I think I, I work almost daily on a lot of these things. One, being more assertive. Two, being um, reaching out to my network and trying to become less reclusive in times of stress because I tend to lean in a little more to myself. And so that's something I'm working on. So thank you for, for bringing that out. And I'm glad to see just how completely valid this is because it really speaks true to who I am for sure. Well, I mean, really what this is designed to do is to do exactly what we're doing, create conversation. Okay, get people talking. If you can get people talking, that's when transformation happens, right? And it just creates this insight and awareness that most of us don't recognize or yeah. don't realize. And I just can't commend the two of you for having the bravery uh, t- to be able to do this and that vulnerability. <laughs> uh, great. Brene Brown would be incredibly proud of, of the two of you for, for doing this. This is great. Job well done. And the last piece here is is the one that always gets people probably more fired up than, than well, anything. Well, yeah, because it's the word. <laughs> this is like an attack on my character, right? If if I'm scoring low in this factor. And what is this big, heavy factor? That would be integrity. So collectively, though, our integrity is at, at a really strong, strong spot right now, 57th percentile. So, Kelly, you're a little <laughs> bit higher in that one, carried a little bit lower. Yeah. And it, but, again, it's a snapshot, right? 
So Brian's being really nice because my integrity is so low that it does feel like it does take a hit. But when I look at integrity, I think probably the way I answered it is a lot around rules and following those certain rules. And so for me, I'm like, I know when I break a rule and I'm, I know when I'm like, that's kind of that rule is stupid. And in order to do something better for someone else, let's like figure out a way to manage through that. But it doesn't, I mean, it takes, it, it hurts a bit to see it, but I'm like, eh, I like, I, I don't do things to be mean to people. It's just, how do we figure it out to, to get to the goal? I'll make note too, is, is we've got a hidden scale in the assessment that measures mm. something called social desirability. And this is trying to capture, hey, is this person telling us more what they think we want to hear or yeah. what they are truly thinking and feeling and experiencing? And neither one of you triggered that scale. So when we put all that together, your collective mi mindset right now as a team is at the 68th percentile. So that's really in that leading category for what we see when we look at groups of individuals. So uh, both as a team are, are just doing a great job, right? You're feeling motivated, you're feeling perseverant, you're feeling resilient, you're feeling hopeful, you're feeling like you are doing things the right way. And it's just a good spot to be because there's so many different important life outcomes that are tied in with, with these particular mindset factors. So job well done, we're in a really good spot. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much, Brian. It's so interesting. Again, like you said, a snapshot of where your mind is now and all the helpful things that you give with, with the assessment is like, okay, how can I A, be nicer to myself? That's one, because I mm -hmm. do tend to not trust myself. And then at the same time, I'm like, fuck the rules and the willpower. It's okay. <laughs> like I'm kind of okay with, you know what I mean? Like, cause I have a really good balance. And so I'm like, if I want to go have donuts with my husband and my kid, I'm totally going to do that because that's long-term goal for me is like have fun with them. So it's like it helps you kind of distill what's important to you and what you want to work on. And it shows to me, Kelly, like just how good and balanced we are and what a great team. Yes. I would like to take it like in about a year after I maybe calm down, Brian, and don't put structural racism into it. <laughs> that would probably be a good idea for me to do. Well, and that, that's the beauty with this, too, is, is this yeah. is a snapshot, right? No matter how high or low somebody scores, the goal is just growth and development, awareness, yeah. insight, and to, to continue to, to try to build ourselves up to be at, at our very best. I love it. Kelly, what are your thoughts? I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Thank you so much for making it available to us and for giving us your time and for debriefing our results for us and being the first time doing it on a podcast well, yeah. and I, I just appreciate you helping me to spread the message that these factors are not traits of an individual, yeah. but instead that we can grow and shift and change. There's so much more that goes into all these factors. This is, again, more of a, a skill that we can grow and develop and, and improve in our lives. And that in doing so, good things tend to happen. Yeah. And what's so beautiful is that very much is in line with our podcast. We're saying you break out and it's okay. So you're not stuck forever in a certain place. We never do it alone either. No, yeah, I think no. one of the big things that I've learned about all these skills is people. We are social creatures. And so if we want to build up these factors, it's primarily through relationships. Yeah. The most important question, Brian, would you do this again on a podcast and debrief assessments? I, <laughs> I, was, I was nervous about doing this. I was not sure how this would go. 
it has gone very well. So yes, uh, I assuming that whoever might be next is as kind and considerate as, as the two of Aww. you, um, <laughs> that I would definitely be on board to, to do it again. Well, we had so much fun with you, Brian. Thank we you did. so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. That was our Mindset Deep Dive with Dr. Brian Davidson, founder and president of MindView. And this is The Breakout from Abrachi Group. At Abrachi Group, we offer coaching and consulting to help you dig into change. Here's what we know. Only about 10% of us are really self-aware, but 90% of us think we are. Without self-awareness, improvement is tough because if you don't know what box you're in, you can't break out of it. That's where we come in. We've got a soft spot for people itching to forge a fresh path, the high flyers who need to be nudged out of career ruts, teams who are looking to become more aligned, and yes, even those bold souls who've occasionally worn the jerk badge. Connect with us at abracigroup.com. And don't forget to subscribe to The Breakout so you never miss a new episode. And make sure you're following us on Instagram at The Breakout Pod. I'm Kelly Gunther. And I'm Dr. Carrie Ulrich. See you next time. 